Welcome to the festive pint with Shawnee B. It is the end of 2019. The end of the teenies. Tenties, apparently. Tenties. The end of the tenties. And we have what's coming? The Roaring Twenties. Roaring Twenties is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This is an interesting podcast for me. This is the end of four years of a pint with Shawnee B. It's not, we're not finished. We're not finished, but... It is the completion of a four-year cycle and 144 episodes. My joke is I never did 144 of anything in my life except for maybe rice. And who better to celebrate the end of four years than my partner and all-around funny egg, the Don. It's just because I'm the only person who would sit and listen to all your episodes. Well, we come to that. We come to the sort of plan for the future, short-term future. As those of you who may have listened to uh, myself and the Don uh, warbling on, usually highly drunk, we're not drunk today, um, we tend to do it over a bottle. What have you brought for us today, the Don? Brought Moe, which you now say is Moet, and I'm just so embarrassed because all those times that I've been bringing that to parties with all my money, I've been saying it wrong. It is a real thing. It's no Moe, no Showe, and the fucking joke is you're thick because it's Moet, so no Moet, no... I don't frequently have that problem in my life. Anyway, I'm going to try and open the Moet and we're going to have a champagne podcast, believe it or not, to celebrate. Chez moi this evening. Just bear with me while I try and open the Fort Knox that is a bottle of Moet. I was always told when you're opening a bottle of champagne that it's meant to sound like a woman sighing. (laughs) So stand by, this is real sound effects here for a bottle of Moet. Some sigh. Anyway, charge your glass. Excellent. At least you didn't do that dickhead thing when you shake it. Like, let's waste it all. Oh, yeah. Well, that's just Formula One drivers. No, no, it's Skyers as well. Cheers. Cheers. So, yeah, 144 episodes. That's quite a lot. What we're doing on the podcast is the Don has very kindly agreed to go through the 144 episodes and pick uh, top 20. So following January of 2020, we're going to do a countdown of the top 20 episodes of A Pint with Shawnee B as picked by the Don. I will not know which ones she has picked. Uh, We will do a little intro to each one where I'll have to maybe guess who they are. How did you find that exercise going through them all? Tiresome? (laughs) Yeah. No, it was was interesting. And I was going through it and I was like trying not to just pick people that I met and liked or not to just pick women or pick the created Don echo chamber of well, podcast. yeah. <laughs> <One> podcast. <laughs> but I, I was kind of conscious I was like okay I want to make sure because I know you have a harder time getting women on it but I wanted to make sure because I was like oh Jesus it's only men that I'm picking out but actually it turns out you've loads of men but they talk shite so <laughs> you've quite a few women in the top 20 so it was a thing with the podcast that I and I did reference this a few times this year I did try this year to consciously get a lot of women on. It was very difficult to get women on. Women would go, and you're right, they go, I could, no one wants to hear what I have to say. And men go, oh, everyone wants yeah. to hear what I want to say. I get that, but it's actually, it's funny listening back to all of them over the time. I'd say it's still my favourite one or two are, are actually men's ones, but a lot of the time the women, they kind of, if they've agreed to go on, it's because they actually have something to say. Some of the people who had fantastic life stories mm. may, or have huge accomplishments may not be as interesting and the people who may have may think they have less to talk about because I'm not hearing about every fucking award they've ever won. There's a whole lot of time to get talking about what you think about life. So it's interesting the ones that you think are going to be 
the best and the ones that you think won't be great are actually the best conversations. So you might be surprised by what I pick. I had a good run this year because I wanted to also talk talk a little bit about all the sort of um, identity politics and what's happening there and the trans issues. And, you know, I got Tess Ops and Jan Gooding and Laura Jane Bombach and Vicky Maguire and Stephanie Matthews and people like that. They were all women who are, you know, powerful advocates for smashing the glass ceiling, pushing forward LGBTQ issues, not afraid to talk about it, which, and uh, you know, the woman with Jan Gooding, I thought just, I was completely schooled, but she was great. I mean, she's one of the best people I listened to who Mm. was able to and prepared to talk about all of this. I mean, as you know, my my problem Mm. with it is the problem that all of that stuff has on on comedy. Well, like, I love to listen to those because we've had this over and back and that Mm. I'm a feminist and everybody knows that about me. But at the same time, I do actually have a massive problem with the aggressive left. Your views and my views tend to be quite similar. It's just that I feel you could be less of a dickhead about it. Mm. And I, I do think that over the past year, you've kind of wound the neck in a little bit. You still think what you think. And I actually agree with you on nearly all of those matters, that the identity politics is getting a bit much. Freedom of speech is important. Mm-hmm. And we have to defend that. But I do think that on the right, we have people being ironically snowflakes because basically they get upset when people yell at them for... You have freedom of speech. You're just not free from the consequences. People might think you're a dickhead. Mm. You get on Twitter and say something that people don't like. That may affect your future jobs. That this is not new. That's yeah. you know your mother brought you up. Shut up, and it'll come back to you. People watch, watch where you're seeing and where you hang around. It's going to come back to bite you. So there is an element of the left that are trying to deplatform all the time, and I don't agree with that. Mm. I want people who I don't like to speak while I hiss and boo at them, but they're entitled to speak. I, I think you've probably evolved somewhat in your views, particularly on trans issues and stuff like that. I would say I rolled my neck in quite substantially in 2018, but I'm starting to roll it back out again because yeah. I'm starting to get a bit fucking sick and tired of it. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Like there was a there was a story in, the, in America where there was a janitor, a black janitor, who kept getting called the N-word by a student. And when he went to complain to the management of the school, he's and the, and the student was also black, by the way, uh, when he went to complain to the student board, he used the N word in the meeting mm. and was immediately fired for using the N word in school. And but it's just and I'm not saying that that's not possible. But what I'm saying is, I frequently see stories like that. The outliers, yeah. Well, no, no, it's not just the outliers. There's a lot of fake news there. I yeah. frequently see see stories like that, and you don't hear the. It's a completely muddled. You don't hear the real story because yeah. I'm on. I'm in lots of feminist groups where I literally it's just become a comedy thing for me. I just go in there. And I'll text a few friends that are in the same way. Like, are we, is she for fucking real? Yeah. You know, I had a friend who got upset because she woke up one day to find some horrible racial shit scrolled across a wall opposite her house. Oh, and, I this, yeah. Yeah, and like, she's a feminist. She's really progressive, and like, we'd be into activism together. But she woke up and she went on a group and said, "Oh my god, I'm just I'm after seeing this with the N words, basically saying blacks out and not welcome here." And there's a black family that live on her road with children her kids' age. And she was upset about the idea that her kids would see it, that those children would see it. She was just upset in general and she didn't know what to do. She'd run the council. But it was on on a wall that was attached to someone's house. And they all said, well, get out there and cover it. And she said, well, I would, but I'm conscious that the the council are able to remove it in such a way that it won't damage the house. If I get out there and do that, the people whose house it's on, that might cost them two grand to get a thing repainted. And also she was dog sick on that particular day. It descended into people calling her a Nazi because she, she'd gotten on because she was so upset that something so awful would be written in the wall. She was deeply bo- upset by it. And, and why didn't the people who owned the house fix it? 
It, it had only happened that okay, night. It was like right. that morning she's ringing yeah. and I presume they've been on to the council as well. I presume everybody's done something but because it hasn't happened quick enough she's a Nazi because she didn't go out and vandalise someone else's house that would have been quite expensive to fix. Yeah. Like I mean there is the rise of racism and uh, you know yeah, particularly yeah, in Britain we're having football yeah. matches now with monkey chants and shit like this like people like Gary Neville the, the sports guy have said mm. you know this is a a rising yeah. epidemic caused by the verbosity of Donald Trump and but uh, I also, Boris Johnson. I think like populism and the hatred, the bigotry when it comes to trans issues, gay issues, race, all of those things. Yeah, it's populism pushing it. And it's a load of fucking idiots that are ignorant and don't want to have to do their homework. It's much easier to join the idiots brigade. But at the same time, when you've got every dickhead on the left screeching Nazi and bigot every time someone doesn't agree with them, you're fueling the fire. Yeah. Because everyone goes, I'm sick of that. Oh, the way they go on. I don't want to be one of the snowflakes. Nobody wants to be one of the snowflakes. It's okay to scoff. So then everybody thinks, okay, let's move over to the other side. And now that they're opening their gob, the likes mm-hmm. of Donald Trump or here, fucking Peter Casey. Fuck you if you're listening. <laughs> when they open their gob, they make it okay for every other dickhead who is under the radar that does think racist thoughts, that is a bit of a prick, but just wouldn't dare say it. When people like that open their gob, they make it okay and they make it unsafe for other people. But I don't think that the squealing regressive left are fucking helping at all. Yes, when I hear something like that janitor story, I immediately go and try and verify it. Mm. Okay, because there's so much shit. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. right. And I, but I seem to have verified it. Now, again, you don't know. We can talk a little bit later maybe about the, 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 the fact that coming into the 20s, our press is dying and that could be mm. the biggest problem facing the planet. The problem with verifying things now is, it's, the thing is, it's not just a truth and a lie. There's when you manipulate something deliberately. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. even even with people we know, the, the manipulative fuckers don't tend to tell outright right, right lies. They purposely manipulate something to cause trouble. Mm. So how do you fact check absolutely a story? There, chances are there's some truth in it, but it's been heavily manipulated. Now, it could be true, and that's fucking ridiculous. Mm. But at the same time, you, you, you get head up and you get your nose out of joint because you hear stuff like that. And I can see you getting pissed off saying, I've actually had enough now. That is what drives people to start following populists and start coming out with yeah. horrible shit because they've had enough of the snowflake left. So I would always say, be careful about that. So like, let's say both sides Both are, sides are, are just so, they're you, so polarised and they're so full of shit. If you're in the middle or you want to crack a gag or you want to do something on your Facebook page, I'm kind of getting to the point where I couldn't be arsed because mm. it's like, somebody's going to get offended somewhere if I try to be yeah. funny. And you know, I'm not, but always, at the same, I'm not funny. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you always said, what's your thing about the gesture gets his head cut off? Yeah. But at the same time, maybe the jester is just being a dickhead and no one finds him funny. You are still allowed to make jokes. It's just yeah, well, that don't people... don't hack his head off. No, but... Fire him. Yeah, that's, right, that's there's different. there's a difference. No, the... Yeah, but that's what... I... Obviously, yeah. Mm. But you can... I... there is a bit of a whinging snowflake thing from the right actually saying, I... you can't say... Yeah, you can. If you want to be brazen, if you want to be yeah. Mickey Big Balls, say it. But if you think it's going to upset people and then they'll think you're a dickhead, if you still want to say it because you think it's worth saying... Fine, but mm. if you're too much of a chicken shit and you don't want to say it in case people are mean to you, well then maybe shut the fuck up. I'm noticing a swing though towards way back from the left. Uh, you know, people call Sam Harris a you know, he's, he hasn't just risen; he's been around for years. Yeah, but yeah. People call him right wing or conservative. I don't think he is. I think he's no. kind of center right, yes. slightly right. Eric Weinstein as well. There's, there's there's podcasters who are coming out. Not Jordan Peterson, who is who, who would be no. the right version of regressive left, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And so the thing is starting to pendulum swing where I think people from both the regressive left and regressive right, mm. sort of thing, are starting to go. This is all getting fucking out of control. Yeah, we we would our Venn diagram would meet over that brilliant Chappelle show that we saw. Yeah, 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 yeah. So David Chappelle is a new hour long special on Netflix. Can't remember the name of it, but. Uh, 
it's the one just never knew one exactly and like he I love that because he walks the tightrope let's say Doug Stanhope yeah he was doing a Doug Stanhope uh, Doug Stanhope coming to Dublin by the way any Irish listeners in October get your tickets now Mm. Like some of it was deeply offensive, but it was it was offensive from a satirical point of view, and the point he was making was about offence, and it was witty. Now people can like it or not like mm. it, but like people don't seem to understand satire anymore. There's a difference between people who say, "Well, I made a joke and people oh, yeah. didn't laugh." Maybe your laugh, maybe your joke wasn't that fucking funny. Mm. So, like I don't like dickhead jokes for the sake of it. The difference with the likes of Doug Stanhope was deeply offensive. But if you have any intelligence and you listen to what he's talking about, even though he goes, he's poking the bear and he's trying to be as offensive as possible. But if you look at it. He's never actually punching downwards because no. the butt of the joke is is always oh. actually inverted. The butt of the joke, while he's pretending to be transphobic or while he's, while he's saying things that are racially insensitive and intentionally getting it wrong, the butt of the joke is always the transphobes or the racists. Mm. And pe- a lot of people are just seeing too fucking thick to be able to grasp that. And fair enough, they don't have to like it. They don't have to agree with me. Mm. But when I see certain criticisms, I kind of go... You don't actually understand what's happening no, here. No, you're right. That is the point I'm making with the jester. And so the jester can be a dickhead. Mm. And, and maybe even needs to be a dickhead. You know, yeah. Because he's shouting, he's shouting truth to power. And, and, and my point is that I think that a lot of comedians are scared. We know Damien Clark, our friend, who's who yeah. said, like, I don't bother going there. So he's yeah. like, honest. And, and you know, actually funny, like, as well, there are the comedians that are just intentionally offensive but there's no satire there they're not actually punching yeah. upwards they're not they're just being fucking wankers and the problem is the decent people who are witty who'd like to go there just it's just become too difficult and they don't so the only loudmouths that go there are the people who are actually fucking dickheads and the yeah. people that the people they're punching at in the end are downward so not there's a, satire there's a kind of a dna particularly in british comedy the 70s was famous for monty python which is mm. great but it was also famous for and the 60s of musical comedians who were telling packy jokes yeah. and telling fat woman jokes and you know they it was working men's clubs yeah. and there's nothing wrong with that we're just having a laugh and it was all up in the miners clubs in the north of England and mm. and it was highly highly offensive yeah. racism okay which got stamped out probably at the advance of the the alternative comic scene which is observational and it was right on and it was left but you, you, you tamp that down yeah. And then we have this discussion, which we had, I think, maybe last night or the night before, about the line. Where is the line? And yeah. what is the line? Centrist is my favourite word. and Because people say why, because it means you're sitting on the fence. No. Anybody who's not a card-carrying, march-attending lefty, mm. or obvious love-boater, anti-abortion right-wing, everybody else wants to think themselves as centrist, because it basically means I'm reasonable. <laughs> I'm normal. The thing is, where is normal and reasonable? On the one hand, I don't like silencing. Society has always worked in such a way where lots of people are arseholes, but if you go into the town square and start shouting racial abuse, people might say you're an arsehole. You may not get any work next week. That's how it works. People will boycott you. People will think you're a fucking dick. There have always been consequences, and that's how we keep. Otherwise, people are not that good. The world would run amok. We don't. We can't have a line where I know exactly what on it, when it comes to comedy, when it comes to politics, when it comes to everything. I know exactly where I stand, and that changes. But I know where I am on it, and what the deciding factor is. I can explain why I think certain comedies mm. is just punching downward or not. But just because I think that doesn't mean exactly. that that's the line for everyone. I mean, the line in the center. There's a, there's a very very compelling argument that says all politics is about two people with opposing views on how something should be done, getting into a room and nutting out some sort of compromise. Yeah. There's also a theory that says that the centre is the bland, dark ages where nothing happens. 
when we're all sitting around seeing Kumbaya with mm. rabbits and bunnies and everyone's happy, humanity doesn't progress. Humanity stagnates uh, mm. because it needs tension. Yeah. It's, it feels like a bit of an argument from one of the regressives to say, yeah. well, here's why we exist. So what happens if the revolution comes and there's pitchforks at dawn and the marginalised people in society end up being the bourgeoisie or the, the rich or the, the, the intelligentsia? And the, Never you know, works the, that way, does it? Well, they all get killed. They don't, <laughs> I know. They, they, your, your argument would suggest that the centre are going, I'll leave these guys alone now. I know they had loads of money, but like they're doing something about it. No, they just get fucking completely killed. No, I don't really have an argument. It's just no. something that I notice because it can sometimes be like, and I, I quite enjoy people who tend to be centrist because generally they are trying to be reasonable. Don't want to be a big dickhead about people's rights and all that kind of stuff. Also, don't really want to kill the bourgeoisie. Can we just all try not to yeah. be ourselves where possible? So generally they tend to be... just pay some taxes. Just, just the odd little tax <laughs> here and there. So the Dave Chappelle show is totally recommended. Five stars from both of us worth yeah, a look yeah. on, on Netflix. If only because he's gone, fuck this, I'm going to say what I think. And, you know, if you're upset, you're upset. But, like, the, the satire is that the reality is it's starting to get a little bit out mm. of hand. But many of my Facebook followers probably think I'm a lot more hard left than I am. So in this entire, I'm going to get cancelled, which is kind of meta because that's what we're talking about. But I am going to But get. I think that you're, you know. and I don't give a fuck. <laughs> you don't, but also you, you you could equally level your own analysis of Doug Stanhope onto yourself. You don't punch down. No, you I do try punch not up, to. But also, you're not afraid to go, for fuck's sake, lads, we're getting completely disappearing up our yeah. bum holes here. Exactly. This issue, you know? Yeah, and I actually find it quite elitist when you talk, when, when, like when you've, yeah. the feminist circles on the left, there is this constant competitive victim thing. Anybody who has money or is doing well in any way is privileged and they are privileged and privilege is fine and your crowd are all allergic to the word privilege because they get really het up because basically we're pointing out that maybe they had a leg up privileged people aren't bad but on the other side you've got this idea that anybody that's privileged is a dickhead no maybe they've gotten lucky maybe they've worked hard there's a difference between somebody on the likes of facebook saying something clumsily and maybe they tried and you know that they're saying something nice but they didn't quite get the word incorrectly with the pc language fine but you know there was no bad intention in mm. what they were saying. It was, they just didn't do it, get get it quite right. Mm. And then you get a load of fuckers calling them out. This call out thing. Call out culture. Call out culture. It's literally put them in the bold step. I'm going to humiliate you. And mm. then everybody else is going to jump on the post. And it's an exercise in humiliation. And the, the irony is your elitist behavior comes from your privilege that you happen to know how to speak properly. And mm. this person didn't have the same education when it comes even just to PC words and politics. So this person didn't mean any harm, but you're going to fucking lynch them anyway, just so you can punch down at somebody who's not as well up in the feminist scene. So I want to unpack a couple of things there, which is, I want to talk a bit about the call-out culture, but on the privilege thing, yes, it has, been a, it has been a bit of a sticking <laughs> topic of ours. Um, and, and I hear what you say, but I think I've probably come to the conclusion that when you're privileged and you don't accept the fact that privilege is basically the reason you're successful. Mm. And you start making up other excuses, such as, well, I worked very hard to get where I am today, or I pulled myself up by my bootstraps, or I whatever, whatever, whatever. And also luck, by the way. There's a privilege and there's a luck thing. Yeah, but that luck is privilege. Like, and where it, gets dis- where it gets redundant is when you're actually having a discussion about how to cure homelessness. 
And because I'm from a privileged background, my idea gets shut down. Yes. Because I have privilege. And Basically. I wouldn't fucking understand. That, right? No, I'm I like, say... Well, I'm trying to. That, that is exactly the point. That I, I hate this idea. There's some of the catchphrases. So it's stuff like, have a seat, stay in your own lane. Yeah. Basically means, if we're talking about gay issues, you're not gay, so you have to have a seat. And if we're talking about homelessness or social issues, uh, you're rich, you're privileged, so you don't have, you don't have a say. Whereas I think... You have a voice that I don't. I can't necessarily have. You have male privilege, so I don't want you to have a seat and not talk about women's issues. I'd actually quite like you to talk to me about that, and you have a capacity to talk to your male friends. So mm-hmm. I don't think that every man should sit down with women's issues. If you're a man and we're talking about a, a women's issue, do listen to what women say because it's their lived experience. But that doesn't mean that you don't get a seat at the table. There can be an issue where privilege is a problem when you're not listening to people who have that lived experience. But I think we have to have everybody at the table. But just have the respect to understand, okay, if it's not your lived experience, maybe shut up for a minute, let them speak and listen to what they have to say. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean shut up and don't take part. And in yeah. fact, use your privilege to help. Yeah. And so I, I think that's, that is, there is a difference there. Yes. Because I know a lot of my friends who do have privilege, who just don't even accept that they have privilege and think that they just got that because they were born geniuses or something. So it is a problem. Uh, the call-out culture thing is um, something that is a red rag to the bull to me because it, it is... I like to stumble bum my way into conversations on tranny toilets and stuff like that by just going, maybe using too much logic, maybe maybe saying things like we shouldn't be spending so much time talking about this and with apologies to any trans people listening, of course, and all of this stuff where you have to apologize and say something on trigger warnings and stuff like that. And then if you get called out, it's usually by someone who's themselves should be called out for calling out kind of thing. And, it, you know, I, I, I can't see it being helpful because I think it shuts down. That's, that that stops see, the person from even is, bothering their whole to learn about the issues of trying to I'm not going near that. Thing is, nobody, nobody with bad intent gets called out because there's no point in calling out somebody in a MAGA hat saying... No black, one with bad intent gets well, called yeah, out. Yeah, well, when you think you about no it... no one with good intent. No, no, no one with bad intent gets called out. So think right. about this. If, oh, I'm, yeah. if I'm online, I'm on Twitter, I'm not going to bother my whole saying to somebody in a white hood who happily says that's who yeah. I am because my MAGA hat's in the wash and all gays should be shot and transgender people are sick. Women need to go home and be in the kitchen. What am I going to do? Call them out and say, you're a misogynist racist. They'd be like, yeah. (laughs) Donald Trump, if you're listening. Hello. So you can't really call out someone who wears it on their sleeve and they're like, yeah. You're calling out people who are saying that that's not what they believe in. You're catching out what what they say and what mistakes in your opinion they've said. You can only call out someone who's actually not proudly wearing the biggest badge. Yeah. If I had a friend and there was a discussion, if they were using, like, there is an example I can think of. So for hermaphrodite, the word hermaphrodite is not used anymore. Mm. It's intersex. But if somebody had been making a progressive point and was trying to be kind, but they didn't know any better and they said hermaphrodite, I might quietly, if they're a pal of mine, say, loved your point, great point, by the way, just so you know yourself, we, we don't actually say hermaphrodite anymore. We say because she, just so she knows for future reference, because she'd die inside if she'd said that, or if she'd caused offence. You don't have to humiliate people publicly when you know that there's not that intent. Yeah. And there's this arrogance of, oh, let's make a learning thread. And a learning thread always just turns yeah. into, let's discuss what a shitty person the, the transgressor was. Well, so There's also a certain amount of, you know, in the old days, we read something in a newspaper or we saw something from a journalist on television. And that person is a trained professional at analysing news, dissecting it and putting it out. And now every fucking Johnny and Joan can fucking throw their tuppence halfpenny in and get outraged and say, no, here's what mm. I mean. And so the, the lunatics are taking over the asylum. 
on things like Twitter and to a certain extent on Facebook where, you, where, where they have a voice that, that, they, that they can shout as loud mm. as they want. Yeah, well, I said five years ago, I, I was really interested to see where things would go because for the first time, everyone was on Facebook. And now not so many on Facebook, but everybody's on social media. So, number one, people who don't read newspapers and newspapers never came into their home and who were not inclined to have political discussions. There would be a huge sector of the working class who just never felt welcome to those discussions, didn't feel educated enough. Now everybody has a seat at the table. Everybody has a platform. Everybody has an opinion. Not everybody chooses to use it. But I had said at that time, it's going to be very interesting to watch the power shift in the world. Problem is, it comes down to the idea of democracy. Mm. So democracy is not always a great idea because most people are fucking thick. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Democracy would be great if someone said if just the intelligent people were the ones yeah. voting. Um, the co- but the call-out culture, I mean, we're coming to the end of 2019 and 2019 and 2018, of course, will be defined as the years of Trump, the years of the obliteration of, of fact and truth. We, we, we come back to this thing, though, of call-out culture with the lie in the sand where, you know, an interesting thing that happened this year was what happened to Trudeau. I don't mean the fact that he nearly lost the Canadian election. A lot of Canadians are getting fed up with him. And his, mm. <laughs> he's so He's actually so woke. Like, woke is becoming... A fucking slur now, well, almost. Well, I know woke should be a slur. <laughs> no, but it wasn't a year ago. Oh, no, it you had was. to be woke. No, you had to be woke. You had to be. You had to be. I know, you, but if you were actually involved in the woke communities, you knew that woke was just this wank. Like progressive is one thing. Woke is this holier than thou, or as I've, I've always said, woker than thou. Yeah. So like. <laughs> yeah, woke is disappearing up at its own ass. Yeah. But when woke first came out, yeah, woke was an honest agent yeah right it was it was basically don't be a dick understand people have different sexualities yeah understand people and it was a great word and it was a great word <laughs> and now yeah. because the people who throw it around and the people who try so hard to announce that they're woke tend to be such fucking dickheads that now yeah. it's a slur and, and again this also goes back to the digital footprints we're leaving the stuff the stuff we did when we were children should i be responsible for something that i did as a kid that i'm not proud of if some, someone gets wind of it. So Trump, so Trudeau got dressed up in blackface probably quite a few times, which is a little bit worrying, but yeah. uh, he was at fancy dress parties and he seemed to always go as blackface. Now, blackface is on the racism, you know, it's a no-no. It's an absolute no-no. And that's race. an example of people of colour have told us yes. why this is so hurtful yeah. and, we, and shown us examples from history where we go, right, shit, that's terrible, that is actually really bad, let's not do that. And the problem with Trudeau and like it was a clumsy fuck up it was a stupid thing to yeah. do and on the one hand you kind of say oh, well that's the way it was back then well it shouldn't have been mm-hmm. but at the same time you've got two options as I see it he's woke or trying to be woke well there's no part of he, us no, that would probably go looking at his performance as Premier of, of Canada you go he's a racist you wouldn't ever say that about no him. I think he okay. did a stupid thing and yeah. particularly with hindsight and education and the fact that society's moved on mm. it's, a, it's an embarrassing faux pas should apologise but if we're going to crucify him over it you've got an option so basically anybody that wants to be woke is fair game because the people who don't like you being woke the, the conservatives the people who are right wing they're going to fucking hate you anyway yeah. and the people on the left are going to be dying to pull you off your woke throne so mm. Don't bother being woke. That that's the that's the message. I'm sitting back. Well, what's the opposite going, of woke? No, but my me- my <laughs> thing is the message we're actually sending out is that anybody that wants to get into politics or power in any way, don't bother being woke because the right won't won't thank you for it, and neither will the left. They only pull you down. We are offering people no incentive to be good and to be the original thing of woke because actually you won't win. 
that the left will completely annihilate you anyway for whatever you do wrong and the right will disagree with you so you're better off being a dickhead that is why we have greedy selfish cons that don't even believe in their own bigotry just going with the populism thing because they go this is grand it's astonishing that Donald Trump still has every Republican in mm. the House and Senate voting for him it is absolutely astonishing because I don't know most of them go on about the fact that they're religious and they believe in God and we come to religion maybe a bit later the clear and present crimes that the lad has committed mm. with, with, with his charities with oh, look his... he's not a good bloke like... no but they just make excuses and excuses from... so like again back to Trudeau so the line in the sand was drawn by somebody because he seems to survive it they went listen that happened a long time ago Trudeau's not like that we can clearly see from his mm. behaviour and what he says and how he talks that he's a progressive guy who wants the best for Canada. And then you have something like Kavanaugh, who Donald Trump was pushing to be a, a, a conservative Supreme Court, one of the nine Supreme Court mm. judges. Just as he's about to get elected, a woman comes out and says she was raped by him when he was allegedly raped by him when he was a young guy. And all that shit blew up. And he, my view on that was his, his response and his behaviour mm. at the tribunal, or whatever you call it, was that of an impetuous child who should never be allowed in charge of the forecourt, even yeah. if he's right. But even I mean, if he's honestly, right. his reaction is literally every man who has, ever, who has ever had it come back to him, mm. and including the ones who haven't had it come back to them. So you know the men that defend other men, and you yeah. go, oh, oh what you know, is your... You know one in particular. You do. So the men who defend other men when these topics come up, and they get really pissy about it. They get so annoyed like that. There's mm. never just that they have an opinion. They get really aggressive. Every man has a right to his day in court. Yeah, when they get really aggressive and start shouting you down and saying, I'm sick of it. And you go, what is your horse in this race? Because I didn't know you've done anything wrong, but I fucking do now. But we love people like we, we listen to. And again, a very good tip for anyone who's interested in keeping uh, for an hour a day up to speed on what's going on with the whole Trump thing is to listen to Rachel Maddow's podcast she, or watch her on MSNBC. She, I think, is a very solid well-meaning journalist but even her show and one of the things I miss and one of the things we should build into this show today uh, as much as we can is to understand the other side mm. so the other side will say that Kavanaugh was just being stitched up by Democrats and that was them trying to get him not put on the on the on the Supreme Court yeah and it looked very like that okay it looked very like the fact that and I'm not in any way saying that that didn't happen but well, that woman came out at a really weird time. Well, no, hang on. There's one actual thing that I think everybody agrees on. Mm. And let's start with that. She came out with this because he was going to become a Supreme okay, Court judge. Yes, yeah. it should From her perspective, yes. it's because I think that's really important. I think now if he's going to be that, I think it's t- I, I can't have that. I can't. I have to speak up. From the other side's perspective, you can understand they're going, well, she just wants to stop him. But, that, but yes, she absolutely came out with it in order to stop him becoming a Supreme Court judge. It depends on where you fall in the argument as to whether you think that means that she's lying about it. Or, well, no, I just thought that was a good fucking reason to come forward. No, but it's a good, it's a good analysis of the situation because you would definitely say, I think, a majority of people, forget about whether they're Republican or Democrat, say it was a Democrat woman, that a, a man or a woman who has to sit as the highest court of legislature in the United States has committed a, a crime of rape and will yeah. be in a position to pass judgment on killers and rapists and well, whatever the in their point, job. The whole point of swinging, the biggest one on Supreme Court is Roe versus Wade. Mm, yeah. So <laughs> I don't want a rapist mm. being the one that gets on and gets rid of Roe versus Wade. So rape victims Indeed. have to have Indeed. their babies. That's a really fucking 
fair fair reason to come forward. Yeah. I mean, anyone's entitled to come forward at any point. But I, I can see from the other side them kind of saying this is clearly political. Yes, it is political. That doesn't mean it's not true. Mm. It doesn't mean she's made it up. Mm. And what about Roe versus Wade then? Do you think that that is going to... It's in to, danger, I mean, yeah. yeah. It's in massive danger. I find it astonishing. This is, also goes back to the pendulum comment because... Two years ago, I would say, like, there's no way it's going to happen. But now, like, Alabama, there's places yeah. in America that they're, but the they're, they're, closing, they're closing down their um, oh, they've been pulling that abortion shit for clinics. A while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's a stealth, tactical way of removing abortion. Yeah, America. and that's kind of more dangerous, the, the way they've done it that way. At the risk of being deplatformed to our earlier conversation, can you tell me why, and I've asked this question to a lot of people, why is it so important to America that abortion... I get the religious point. I get the fact that every fucking life is sacred. I get the fact that there's a there's a, a whole debate that has gone on for centuries, way before Christianity and way before probably any religion, about what constitutes a live human being mm. inside a woman and when and how. And it is a grey area and we have to come up with some solution because abortions will happen anyway. But why is it so important, apart, and maybe it is only religious, in a, in, a, in a country where one in three children are on or below the poverty line, where, as I call it, it's a shithole country. Donald Trump, if you're listening, don't tell other countries they're shithole countries until you fix your own shithole country. So why, where, why have they got such a hard-on for the abortion thing? Why, why because they had to stop with the racism thing in the 60s. That's why. Because they had to stop with the racism yeah, thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, explain. So, with the civil rights movement, the people with the hard-on for pro-life shit in America the really mad ones were the ones in the hoods a couple of decades ago mm. but their politicians had to get off that platform at a certain point and so that's when they latched onto the pro-life thing but they never really they weren't all that pro-life before then that's it's the, it's the new racism you, thing it's a eugenics thing get more no, whites no it's not about the, eugenics but it was it's, about get more whites born no it's not about get more whites born it's about get all the fucking hillbillies to vote for us because they used to be able to run on the platform of racism okay so the hillbillies are the most right-wing Christian to get them to vote for you, you say, we're going to be anti-abortion. Is that your answer? Well, that, no, it's been, it's, it's been studied to a great depth. The kind of politicians now that run on the pro-life thing and that that's their big thing, that's the big Republican thing, the pro-life thing, they didn't give a shit about that in the 60s. Their big thing was segregation. Yeah, but like, I'd equally say that in the 50s and 60s, God existed. Yeah, but they don't really people, give a shit about you know, abortion. That's just their yeah. that's their fucking selling point. I mean, we have a we have a it's their wall. We have a world that's burning, uh, especially in my other country, Australia, which is absolutely tragic. We have Greta. We have overpopulation. We have Africa. We have lots of orphans in China and India and all over the world and here, and we have people who need parents, and we don't have enough mouths uh, food to feed the mouths. We probably have enough food, but we can't get it to the mouths. It just strikes me that, the, 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 you know, at a very core level, abortion, if I, let, let's say I'm the fetus. If I'm a fetus and I know that I'm going about to be born in eight months to a woman who doesn't want me, to a woman who can't afford or is on drugs or is, might die if I, she has me, I will go, you're, you're grand. I, I'm, mm. I'm wherever I am now. It's cool, and it's not a pushing like if your up. mother gets pregnant and decides, and she might know better than anybody else what your childhood's going to be like. If she decides no, probably best not. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's financial, yeah. whether it's her health, her mental health, whatever. If she decides that, 
I'd go which with might it. well be right. Yeah. Apart from the actual kidding babies and all that, those other arguments, I'm just saying that at a very fundamental level. Uh, and, you know, uh, I think uh, Malcolm Gladwell in his first book did, uh, I think, analysis that has been questioned about the Roe versus Wade legislation, which came in, I think, 1972 or three being a major cause of the lack of the drop in crime in America because a lot of babies mm, yeah. weren't born. So all of these babies will get born again. And so we will have in the most poor parts of America, white, black, Hispanic, whatever, there will be more babies born because there's no access to abortion. So yeah. there'll be more people coming into deprived and, and, and whatever child is who are mm. more likely... Well, look, bottom line, the babies that these people are trying so hard to save are exactly the people that they will hate. Mm. They, won't, they don't want yes. them. Like, that's... And look after them when they're born. Yeah. I, I remember talking to a very good friend of mine about this who's a very staunch Catholic. He's a very kind, very nice man, very family man. He's got four or five kids. And my view on that was that we had... Well, how many years was it since we had the last referendum? 35. 35 years between abortion referendums. Right. I said to him, as a Christian Catholic good man, where has Ireland gone in, 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 in creating, because he knew this was coming, mm. in creating the best environment in the world for a woman who's unsure as to whether to have a child? Mm. Oh, yes, and I don't mean that you can't do it because it's illegal and it's a sin. I mean, here's a, here's a bunch of places where you can go in with no judgment. You can either have an abortion or you can have easy adoption or you can have fostering or you can yeah. or you can go there for three years and bring up a child. Sponsored by the well, church. Look, as I said, I mean, as I said in the run-up to it, I was like, no one's been banging down my door going, oh, you're all right there, single mother. Like, what can we do? Yeah. Can we change things so there's after-school care to get you back on your feet? Yeah. All that kind of, none of them gave a shit. And then suddenly, two weeks before the referendum, yeah. the people who are trying to, are shouting me down with their compassion at me. Without getting and, and so without getting this this episode going down the abortion track because if you go if you scroll back you're gonna hear the full the full wrath of Don on the abortion situation but you know it does beggar the the, the question that and, and maybe this is the maybe it's not right and left maybe it's hypocrisy maybe maybe the thing we need to start saying is it doesn't matter if you're left or right it means are you a fucking hypocrite or not mm. are you a right wing fundamentalist Christian who believes in the right to life of every child and then whenever they're born you just fucking abandon them and don't bother helping women or or, or men and women who are in trouble and can't afford to keep or can't be yeah. there. None of that happens. Well, that's the hypocrisy. Don't give, they don't give a shit. Like, we, yeah. like they don't, it was never about the fucking babies. We just stop. Yeah. I mean, if it was, I'd still say, well, fuck off. You don't get to decide. They do not care. It was about control. It's about punishing women. If it's about the baby, if someone's raped... You know, it's not the baby's fault if you just don't want the babies dying. And when it comes out, they go, "Well, but you know what? I think women should just keep their legs closed. That's what it is. You know, you can't. You have to. You have to yeah. deal with the consequences, right? Grand. Well, then fucking say that you're being a prick because fuck them. They ha- let them have to have their babies. So you're making people have punishment babies. That's lovely for the babies. Yeah, but exactly. Then, in fairness, there are some people who are like, no, 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 save babies at all costs, mm. even if that cost is making a thirteen-year-old have their father's baby. Yeah, those people are also kind of creepy. But bottom line, it's they're not about usually men. Yeah, they're so, men and they're women who want men to think that they're clever because they're too fucking thick to make their way any other way. So they they just nod along to what hubby says, and then they realize there's not a huge amount of competition. Maybe things like hypocrisy need to become front and center in people's no, I think lives. So. Maybe if you can look at yourself in the mirror at night with whatever you've been putting up on on Twitter or Facebook, whatever sort of 
hatred if you if you do really hate or are angry about something. Mm. Can, can you, you stand li- over? Can you stand over that and live by that? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like that's and I give myself a hard time. But in fairness, the one thing I do try and do, and sometimes I'll catch myself and kind of go, mm, "Well, that's not really in keeping with what you're." Mm. And I might, I catch. We're all hypocrites to an mm. extent. I try and catch it and go right. The integrity's shaking there, and I try and ch- check that out and say, "Okay, is it that I've changed my views somewhat?" And that's okay too. Your views can evolve. Mm. It's okay to change your mind. But if I catch it in myself, I go, okay, maybe there's a hypocrisy here or maybe it's a learning moment where I decide I've changed or evolved. Fine. But there is absolute fucking hypocrisy. But I mean, what's the one obvious thing that even all of the most progressive, kind people in Ireland, we don't get over this particular hypocrisy? Church. Yeah. yeah. Not just church, religion in general. So so, so there's a, a guy called Holland uh, who's written a book called Dominion, which I hasten to add I haven't read, although I have listened to two podcasts with them. Dominion apparently is a very well-reviewed book about the history of Christianity. His point is, though, that the, 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 that we're in, whether we like it or not, you and I, and anyone even who's atheist, are, we're still living a morality that's defined by a kind of religious morality, mm. defined by Ten yeah. Commandments, defined by whatever. The, the obvious argument to that is that there were, way before the Ten Commandments, there were still people living in caves and small communities that were... Um, protecting the, the tribe yeah but that religion what religion did was it removed incest from the equation which and what incest what i mean by that is there were family dominions that were unhelpful for spreading religion people kept it in the family look at the british royal family for god's sake and and so they, they put in all these mores and rules that made families smaller Make people leave the families and and mate with other families and, mm. and grow the kind of dominion of, 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 of the world. Which is interesting because when you're now in the 21st century, I mean, when Nietzsche goes, God is dead, he didn't mean that mm. in a kind of triumphal way. Yeah, he mentioned in a kind of a worrying way. way. You know, yeah. what, what's going to replace that. God? Mm. When you look through any of those good books, as I have done in great detail actually over the past few days, they're all fucking disgusting. Mm. The Quran, I'm going to have a fat wet awful people say have you read the quran listen if you're trying to defend muslims i wouldn't go saying have you read the quran doesn't look great I so have myself, and, myself and the don of uh, and we actually sitting beside us on the table is the penguin classic the quran translated by nj dawood dawood or dawood which is supposed to be one of the best english translations of the quran and we found ourselves and like look here's the deal again before everyone starts throwing jihads and fatwas in our direction I'm going to try and say this. You may have just you may have a different spin on this slightly to me, mm-hmm. but I have absolutely no problem with any religion whatsoever. I was born a Catholic. I have big problems with Catholicism. I'm no longer a believer in the teachings of Catholic, as I say. I think the church has done a lot of good. I think the church tries to do good most of the time, but has been found wanting. But apart from anything else, apart from all of the shit, I don't think there has ever been any real evidence concrete scientific evidence from a god that that god exists i think if that god in the christian sense was going to send down his son which is fucking weird to save us all also weird and he was going to give us a bunch of rules to moses or he was going to explain to muhammad how we got it wrong in the last two thousand years any of those things on which those abrahamic religions are based on the problem with them is that if you are a god and you want to teach all of us on earth that a we exist as an individual who he or she knows 
and, and knows what we're doing and knows what he wants us to do, he would have made it crystal clear. Hmm. So I, There I, would not be three different religions. Yeah, you see, I have this is a threefold thing for me with all major religions, right? Number one, massive issue with organized religion. So when it comes to Catholicism, I have a massive issue with that. That doesn't, that, but that's that's separate to people's faith. On the faith thing, I think it's a load of bollocks. There's no sky daddy, so I have an issue with that. The third part is that even if there is, and even if it's true, they're fucking horrible books. They're not nice books. Mm. Like if you take away organized religion and say, yeah, but I still have my faith. Okay. And if you take away the, the issue of actually believing in some sky daddy, if you actually look at what the religions are, they're not nice. None of them are. They're absolutely abhorrent. And on, on everything, on women, actually a quote here. So the Quran, your wives are tilt unto you. So approach your tilt when or how ye will. No, I read that and I went, oh, that sounds Tilt. a bit rapey. Tilt. It's like a hearth. It's a bit rapey. But now, in fairness, am I coming from the wrong angle? But then later on, it says, as Messenger said, if a husband calls his wife to bed and she refuses and causes him to sleep in anger, the angels will curse her till morning. So we're advocating marital rape here. And then... Men- 434. No, no, no. 434 comes later. 434 is men are the managers of the affairs of women that God has preferred in bounty one of them over the other. And for that, they've expended of their property. Righteous women are therefore obedient, guarding the secret for God's guarding. That's her chastity. And those you fear may be rebellious, admonish, banish them to their couches and beat them. If they then obey you, look not for any way against them. God is all high, all great. It's been so, quite fucking clear there. So, the, so, so, four thirty-four is the is probably the verse in the Quran that most Muslims wish wasn't in it because imams and that they, they've always tried to rationalize their way out, even to the point of slap them on the hand is what he means when he says hit them or, or on their couches or whatever. Um, before we just get into the, the nitty gritty of this, I just want to finish the point. So, so there's no evidence that there is a God, in my view. Uh, one person said to me, "Of course, there's evidence." Jesus rose from the third day, right? I mean, we're you in that sort of level. Jesus that. resurrected and, and left the tomb, right? So, so that, 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 that's a, a 21st century man. The response to me on why I'm stupid for not believing in God, right? And, and sorry, so let me just talk about Islam. So Islam, I have no problem with anyone. I, I wouldn't care if there were eight mosques around where I live here. I've never had a problem in cities where there's been mosques. In mm. fact, Sarajevo is a city I've visited a lot because I have a, I have a godson there. And it's a very soothing and very beautiful thing to hear Mosaines calling into the night. I am also not, and this is the problem we have when we start talking about any of these things like trans. I'm not a bigot. I believe everyone deserves the right to believe in their stupid religions. I will say stupid and don't get offended if I say stupid because I don't believe there's any fact or evidence behind any of them. But it becomes problematic when one religion, any religion, says to me or to you, that be, if you don't believe in this, we believe we have the right to kill you. Mm. We believe we have the right to suppress you. We believe we have the right to, to dampen you. Now, Christianity was very much like this in the Spanish Inquisition. It was very much yeah. like this in the old days. So this is not a thing that's exclusive to Islam. And Islam is uh, no, no, no. a much younger religion. Yeah. But I wrote a few things at the back of Inside Cobra. Look, religion is like an arsehole. Just keep it to yourself. <laughs> exactly. Unless you're gay. Well, Sorry, with consent. Oh, that, that's the fat one that's right the there. That's the fat And I, I have tried to read the Quran. And, you know, people say it's beautifully written. I don't particularly no, it's think it's, it's beautifully actually been, written. Well, no, in um, fairness, it's translated. We can't, we can't say it because it's clumsy. This, but it's, this translation is supposed to be the nicest. 
essentially my view, and I work in advertising, as you know, and I, I think that if you take the Judaism, the Old Testament, which I think was written 3,000 years BC, mm. I think around two, I'm not sure. I don't even think they even know when. And so that's Exodus, that's Garden of Eden, that's Cain and Abel. That's oh, Deuteronomy, that's Deuteronomy. a lovely beast. You have it, I have it here because in fairness now, I've had a pop at the Quran and I've had it from the point of view of women. There is a piece here now, and it's it's a little bit long, but it's it puts the, it does in fairness it puts the Quran in the hate place. It's right. fucking woeful. Yeah. So this and is, by the way, just to give the is it, people who are Muslims, they will go look at your own fucking books. They're full of shit too. Totally yes, accepted. Absolutely, because totally it's not my accepted. books. Yeah. So I think you know, we had to go with the Quran, Old Testament, all the Abrahamic religions. You can all have a fucking seat when we hear this one because this is just disgusting. So on the topic of women and the treatment of women, if any man takes a wife and goes into her and then hates her and accuses her of misconduct and brings a bad name upon her, saying, I took this woman and when I came near her, I did not find in her evidence of virginity. Then the father of the young woman and her mother shall take them and bring out the evidence of her virginity to the elders of the city (laughs) in the gate. And the father of the young woman shall say to the elders, I gave my daughter to this man and he hates her. This man to marry and he hates her. And behold, he has accused her of misconduct, saying, I did not find in your daughter evidence of virginity. And yet this is the evidence of my daughter's virginity. And they shall spread the cloak before the elders of the city. Then the elders of that city shall take the man and whip him. And they shall fine him a hundred shekels of silver and give them to the father of the young woman, because he has brought a bad name upon a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. So she still fucking loses, right? And he may not divorce her all his days. Doesn't seem like a win for her. But if the thing is true, that evidence of virginity was not found in the young woman, then they shall bring out the young woman to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city shall stone her to death with stones, because she has done an outrageous thing in Israel by whoring in her father's house. They didn't use the word whoring. No, they do. There's a few different versions. I've checked for each of these quotes, by the way. So I'm going, and that's not the version I have. I checked 13 to 15 versions. You've got the King James Bible. It's usually written, though. Not written, but shit. (laughs) So you shall purge the evil from your midst. If there is a betrothed version and a man meets her in the city and lies with her, then you shall bring them both out to the gate of that city and you shall stone them to death with stones. The young woman, because she did not cry out for help, though she was in the city, and the man, because he violated his neighbour's wife. So, if a young woman is raped, stone her to death along with him because she didn't cry out for help. If a man accuses her of not being a virgin, well, come out with the cloak to show that there's blood there. If her hymen happened to be broken before for a couple of different reasons, it can happen. Riding a camel. Or maybe because her dad fucking raped her. That's another fucking big one. Mm-hmm. Stone her to death. And if it turns out, no, she was a virgin, look, she, she bled. Okay, whip him. And then they're never to divorce and she has to live with him forever. Mm-hmm. That is just disgusting. So, so we bring it to the 21st century. So that was that. Then Jesus came along and everyone fucking thinks Jesus so was people, a great guy. When people say about their, their, the good book and oh okay well like you know it's a little bit. Yeah. No it's not yeah. because even if it, aside from the fact that I think it's all bollocks yeah. even if it is true this is fucking disgusting. <laughs> Awful. Just to be clear where we're coming from here all organised religions so we have the, the reason we read the Quran is because we hadn't read the Quran and, we, and it's very hard to Especially if, if, if for any people who are Muslim listening to this, it's very hard to have any sense of integrity about the discussion unless you've read what you're supposed to be fucking talking about. The sort of comments I wrote in the back, I look at it as there was the Judaism, Judaism mm-hmm. the Torah, whatever, yep. Old Testament. Then Jesus came along and like the whole 
I mentioned this before in the podcast, I've really studied the Gospels. They're a bit shit as well. And they're terrible. They were written a hundred and odd years after Jesus' death. They were circulated. They're also unpleasant though and hateful. We aside have no surviving bollocks, copy that's less than 300 yeah, yeah. years old. But aside from the bollocks, now, okay, the New Testament's very fucking hairy. It's really, it's getting shaky yeah. there. But people kind of go, oh, I know the Old Testament's a bit far and brainstorm. Actually, no. Have a flip through the New Testament, aside from all the holes in it and the fact that it's clearly bollocks. Mm. It's also unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the very same people who criticise me for bringing up my children atheists and for being so particular about this. And I go, but you think this is suitable for your children, do you? Because I think now I'd fucking draw a line at this kind of shit having my kids grow up with that. I, I can't let them watch things with bold words in it. I'm a bad mother because yeah. we have to protect the little children. Little Johnny can't hear a swear word to these 12. But yet this shit, this shit's appropriate for kids. And what it comes down to is, no, because no one's fucking reading the Bible for their kids. If you sat down all those people said... Do your children know their Bible? Do they know their Gospels? Do they know their Old Testament? Nobody's going to go, oh yeah, they do. Because if they did, they couldn't argue the point that it's fucking suitable for children. It's not. It's awful. It's immoral. It's disgusting. It's grotesque. And it's a bit scary for kids. So the guy I mentioned before in the podcast, and who's great if anyone wants to sort of go down a rabbit hole on YouTube, and this is a guy called Professor Bart Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N who's a, a, a former pastor, by the way, who's, who's, a, who's one of the pre- world's preeminent gospel scholars. And he's got a great one somewhere on YouTube. You'll find a great t- uh, lecture he gives about, about how the gospels record Christmas. So basically, most of the gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, are kind of of an ilk. Mm. John comes late, and John comes late to the party, clearly with an agenda. John is probably 150 years after uh, Jesus' death. And he's the one who's who's put words in G. Jesus never said he was God, by the way, until John. He, in yeah, yeah, yeah. none of the other gospels, yeah. he says he's God, right? Yeah. Except John. Little things like that you find out after twenty nine years of religious inculcation. In my case, before I gave yeah. up. So the clarity is the stuff that we're working off today is highly. Even if there is a God, my point earlier: if yeah. there is a God and He's so powerful, we as as his acolytes, will know exactly what he wants us to do and not to. Yeah. And that is just fuzzy everywhere, full of holes. And and the whole of the New Testament and Christianity is based on the life of Jesus, hmm. full of holes. The Quran arrives a thousand years later. Yeah. And as I said earlier, I'm an ad guy. And here's what I think happened. I think around the time of Jesus, everyone's gone, for fuck's sake, this bloody Torah, these Jews, this is just full of shit like what you just outlined in your, in your piece. We need a new religion. We need to. We need, we need a religion for this Stone Age time in which we live, which yeah. is zero age. This is all a bit outdated. How do you know it was zero? It wasn't zero. I'm it became joking. zero. <laughs> I thought that was a genuine joke. question. Sorry. <laughs> Jeez, you really do think I'm ticked, don't you? Sometimes. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, so anyway, around the year zero, they went, look, lads, it's a fucking changeover. We've gone from minus one to it's zero. New millennium. It's it's look. There's a, there's a little nipper over there who's just been born in a manger and there's a few people think he might be special. Let's make him special. He doesn't do an awful lot for the first 30 years and then he goes into overdrive. But another 900 years later, and by the way, um, yes, any people who are very sensitive uh, Muslims, please switch off now because apparently anyone... Oh, put a trigger warning on it. There's your trigger warning. <laughs> I think that happened again. So, so suddenly there's this strategist of the world like look well, yeah. you know what the religion thing needs a revamp it needs a reboot it well, needs religion the, 3.0 as to the point you made earlier that re- religion was basically this way of creating morality you know to avoid incest and for that and I said okay well we have politics now so basically it's politics arranged by people thousands of years ago when people had some fucking shitty views they don't really want to go on their morals 
from that point of view, it kind of supports your theory that they kind of went, this is all a bit outdated, we better get a new one. Exactly. So I'm coming to what, what we need now. So here are the, here are the few, I don't know five points to Anti-idolatry, okay? So if there's one thing that, that the Quran and, and Islam, and you see it in churches, you see it in, in like the Hagia Sophia in, mm. in Istanbul, which used to be a Christian church, and they don't believe in any false gods. So there's, you don't find... That's like the prods. So you don't find pictures of Muhammad or glorification mm. or anything that worships. So that's one of their key things. Uh, repetition, repetition, okay, which the which repetition, <laughs> that's repetition. a quote from Stewie from Family Guy. On, by the way, the greatest Family Guy episode, if ever you want to watch it, is the bird is the word. Just Google the bird that's is the word Family Guy. It's extraordinary. The Quran is extraordinarily male focused. It's extraordinarily domineering as the men or the or in paradise. Well, I read way, that paragraph, it specifically no, 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 says it. These are themes that have gone through religion. Yeah. So, I'm just saying, the Quran mentions huge tracts of Jesus, uh, that, that he is a prophet, not God, and, and Abraham and Moses, and they're, they're mentioned in there. Yeah. It's mafia-esque, is a word I wrote. It's like, it's like a kind of a, <laughs> it's, it's like a gang of people who are going, right, let's just make this the best it can be for us. And it feels like a small crew based around Mecca. And... Whether people like her or not, Muhammad was a warlord, okay? We can, we can go into that. There's the whole Aisha thing. I mean, I've got some issues with Muhammad. And many commands, this is what I've written here, many commands to ignore or smite pagans and scoffers. Mm. <laughs> I, 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 I think I've got my, my, my terminology, scoffers. But anyone who questions yeah. God's everlasting power. Well, that's the most the, the most frequent thing. I mean, like, look, I have found some more hideous things in the Old Testament than the Quran, so I don't want to be Quran bashing yeah. here. I mean, the Jews are on me, that's just fucking yeah. vile. Yeah. So, like, I had read the Quran, but not as thoroughly as I wanted to do. Every second line is a bit fucking violent, a bit genocide-y. Mm. It's not just that there's the odd dodgy one and we're picking out the shitty ones. No, honestly, fucking read it. It's dreadful. Mm. It's not just that there's one or two things that I can't get over. All the way through, not great. And by the way, there's lots of people, both Jews, Christians, and Muslims, who will go, yeah, but you're picking on the bad bits. We can all pick No, no, honestly, bits. it's not the bad and, bit. Read and, it. And there are good bits written, okay? But I would posit this. If you're going to be setting up a religion that's about love and care and kindness and supporting the poor and looking after people, you better have a few good bits written. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay? yeah, yeah. Your bad bits are the ones that need to be focused on, yeah. especially in an age... The bad bits are really so, important. Especially in an age when some people who are so radical and fundamental that they even to this day believe that a woman should be stoned to death mm. or have uh, uh, so much of their hands cut off for stealing or whatever. Now, yeah. what, I'm, what I'm proposing is that instead of us all having a big war and blowing people up and killing people and being throwing acid on the faces of women who wear decide to wear the ashmak or the hijab I'm suggesting that it's now another thousand years have gone we need another religion and let's get one that actually has the support of the main three Abrahamic religions because actually that constitutes over well over half the population of the planet but let's make it for today let's make it for today where we have major climate change that God's not going to come and change. Let's make it for today when when women have equal mm. rights to men. Let's make it for today. We've learned our lessons as humanity. 
so so I read a book recently by Yasmin Mohammed, who is pals oh, with yeah. Sam Harris. So she's Canadian, and so she wrote a book called Unveiled: How Western Liberals Empower Radical Islam. Mm. So I ha- I have a huge issue with Islamophobia, and I have an Same. issue I have an issue with young girls having their hijabs pulled off. Mm-hmm. I don't like the hijab. Where do you start on the France thing with not having them in school? Uh, I, it's a difficult one. So mm. here's my thing. I have an issue with bigotry towards Muslims, and I actually think a lot of it's race-related. I have a massive issue with that, so no part of me wants to encourage Islamophobia, but at the mm. same time, we have to have this conversation. And any time we criticise Islam, you're accused of Islamophobia. It's really interesting here is because she is Muslim, and she is of colour, and she has lived with radical Islam, and she had to wear the burqa, possibly yeah. the niqab, actually. So she had a really fucking rough time with this. And her point is that to accuse anybody that, cri- that criticizes Islam of Islamophobia in, in an attempt to shut them down is bollocks and it's white saviorism because what's happening to brown little girls all over the world, we're allowing. And if it was a white little girl, we would never fucking stand for it. Exactly. So the racist bigots that just hate the Muslims, it's very easy to fall into that. And there are those, and I have a huge issue with those. But at the same time, her point is, I was a brown little girl and I needed rescuing. And she actually came up before court for the abuse that she was suffering. And they allowed what was happening to her because it was cultural. So with all this white saviorism and this virtue signaling that, oh, we won't criticise Islam, basically we're saying that we don't give a fuck what happens to the brown little girls. And that's what bothers me. I don't like religion in general, but the reason that I'm willing to be so critical of Islam, which is kind of a scary thing to do because people get really pissy about it and I don't want to come across a bigot but I also want my integrity I have a huge fucking problem with saying I'm not going to criticise Islam because I don't want to be seen as right wing and a bigot Mm. and a fascist but then fuck all the brown little girls and what's happening to them Mm. And, and fuck all the women who like there are so many countries where there's just no progress on protecting them from domestic violence because every time the debate comes up the Quran will back it up so I have a fucking huge issue with leaving those women behind. And on the one hand, I don't want to be coming with my Western view and deciding that this is how you should live and treating them like they're savages and because I think this. But on the other hand, there are an awful lot of particularly little girls and women who deserve to be protected and are crying out to be protected. But we're all turning our back and going, oh, well, I don't want to be a bigot. Oh, no, I wouldn't want to interfere. That is fucking disgraceful because that would never have happened to a little blonde girl. Sam Harris talks about, and you know, he's he's the guy who's the most pillory but he has people like Ayan Hershali uh, and a few others who are Muslims who are and my problem is a little bit within Islam that there's not enough people speaking out against this within Islam mm. it's, especially as most of it most of the violence within Islam is directed at apostate Muslims most mm. of it is, is, is yeah well or, then you can uh, understand women, why you can understand why women who don't why. conform you know and, mm. and, and there are two two major but when sex. you talk about privilege we have this privilege. I can understand why lots of Muslims... I have Muslim friends. I have friends that were brought up Muslim and from Muslim countries that, when they go back, are quite concerned because they've been living here and they're atheist and they're bisexual, but they kind of go back and they go, oh, shit, I can't say that. They're terrified of what would happen to them. I don't have that worry. My worry and your worry is that people might be mean to us. People might call us bigots. People might call us out. I might cry because people were mean to me on the internet. I don't have anyone that's going to chop my head off. I'm not going to get stoned to death. Mm. And these people have, these people like Ian Hersey are like, 
they have fat was on their neck mm. right now, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he made a point. He said, like, and I, like I have a friend. I'm not going to say who because she got upset. One of the people who said to me, "But have you read the Quran?" Right, and one of the reasons I'm reading is so I have a discussion with her. But she has two small children, both of them girls. I could go to her and say, "Would you be prepared to send your two little girls?" And uh, Sam Harris made this point. It's not original. Over to. Syria exactly. or to uh, Saudi Arabia. That's an exchange to, to, program. To, yeah, exchange program. Most people who are faithful Muslims would say that that thing I just said is incendiary because absolutely you could send your daughters to oh, that's fucking Saudi Arabia. Well, <laughs> like I have a That's daughter. what they would say. So and, and, imagine and, when she's sixteen. So mm-hmm. she's old enough that maybe you've an option through the schools that you get to swap with some French girl for the summer, and she stays here, and they're doing an exchange. That's great. She works in her French. It's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now say it's Saudi Arabia or Egypt. Yeah. Any of those places. You're right, Egypt. Now most people, most people around me want to be very woke, and they don't want to appear to be Islamophobic. Are you sending your sixteen-year-old girl there? For any fucking reason, no matter how nice the family are, are you sending them there? I'm sure as shit not. And that's the hypocrisy and the lack of integrity. Why is it okay for us to turn our backs because we don't want anyone to criticise us for being bigots? But to hell with every other girl over there because they're not ours and they're not white. I mean, I, I put links to the podcast. There, there's disturbing research from the UK over the last five, ten years amongst Muslims in Britain who are peaceful and who are non-fundamentalist. Uh, mm. But nevertheless, who will vote to the tune of 90% that homosexuals have no place in society and in some cases should be killed or whatever, mm. who will believe in the, in the Sufism and the, and the staunch interpretation and feel that they're missing the good old days, mm. and who also have this, as some fundamentalist Christians do, this intent to barrel to end of days and to a that's, that is day. in the basis and that's yeah. very much in Yasin's book that, that to, is the basis that if when you get called to jihad that is it to a war between the unbeliever mm. and the believer I've criticised the Bible the Old Testament and the New Testament I think it's an abhorrent disgusting book mm. I think it's absolutely grotesque and you should be ashamed to, to teach your children yeah. that that's okay it's not it's mm. disgusting I think most people don't teach their children that they're just hypocrites I also think the Quran is disgusting but Islam and the Quran is no worse than the Bible. Hmm. It's just that people care more, and that's worrying. Well, the, 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 there is one slight issue between the two, which is that the Quran, and this is why we may, may have a fat one on our, on our hands after this podcast, but bring it. The, the Quran is considered to be the actual words yeah. of God. Yeah. The others people, are considered it, to be interpretations by scholars. But plus, Islam is growing, and people generally. Muslims kind of mean more business with their religion. It's more important yeah. to them. I'm not really worried about Jesus' little army rising up. You know, one of the things, and again, going back to this point I made earlier about the balance of these things, is like the respect I have for someone who is an adherent to Islam in a very genuine way. And, and there are a lot of women who believe and need to be respected that wearing the hijab is not you know, I go back to my point about okay. we're swimming. So, we're swimming in a sea that's polluted with. We're swimming in a sea that's polluted with morality that's Christian based. Yeah. So there are women who believe that maybe they should. Women should be subjugated. They believe yeah, in yeah, us, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. we need to understand or respect. But like you have, you have five pillars of faith: praying three or four times a day, 
and like really praying, mm. like going to a mosque. Everyone has got to give alms in their life, right? Mm. So there's a huge yeah, part yeah. of Islam that's about charity. Yes. They have Ramadan and fasting as a built-in pillar, going with only as much as you need. And they have pilgrimage to Mecca, which is like basically, uh, or Medina, I think you, mm. you have to go and, and it is important mm. to your point to respect, oh, yeah, yeah. to be an adherent. And also you can then see why, the, again, we go back to the key word of this podcast is hypocrisy, because they go, look at the, look at the Christians today. And they're on the piss and they're fucking and they're doing all this shit. And they're just handpicking mm. the religion they want. And they're putting girls in communion dresses and they're whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm. And it's, it's actually worse. Yeah, you exactly. Have a religion, they're actually have a proper religion. Yeah. So basically, when it comes to religion, I hate religion. Um, but I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. I don't want to take anyone's toys off them. And I know it brings people some sort of sauce. But at the same time, it's a problem. And we have to be able to talk about it. Mm. And it's not a good influence on the world. It hurts people. So I'm not here just trying to be an arsehole and, and trying to upset people. But it's fucking important. So when you look at Islam, like we had the rosary and stuff like that. Not a fucking patch on this. There's a lot more ritual to it. But the world is really scary. To have to be in the driver's seat of your own life is terrifying. You have to make choices. You can get quite nihilistic and it's difficult. But religion swoops in to be this babysitter. You don't have to think about that. Sky daddy will sort it out. You just say your prayers. Now Islam is built so extremely in, in the ritual the way in which they have to wash their hands before they pray, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And to me, that is like eating disorders. <laughs> so no, and really, because if you know anything yeah, about yeah. eating disorders, particularly anorexia, people become more and more as the brain starves and as the, the stress goes up, people get really OCD. They develop lots of OCD tendencies and it does become obsessive, but everything is safe if we just do this and we do that and we don't have to think. And if you're following the prayer ritual correctly, it is an absolute exercise in obsessive compulsive disorder so that we don't have to think. So then let's just take that because I, I think that is a beautiful full stop because what religion has done and going back to what I said about Holland and his book Dominion is it has given us all, whether we're Muslim or Christian or whatever, it gives us all a kind of a dulling down of asking the questions or searching for truth mm. and saying this is the way it is. This has been given to us by God. And if we obey, it'll give us the afterlife. Yeah. The problem we have, and we, we briefly touched on them earlier, was Nietzsche, who said God is dead. His biggest concern was what comes, what replaces him. Mm. So the, 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 the benefits of all religions, including Islam. Okay, the only, the only reason we're having a pop at Islam is Islam is coming at us. Yeah. Only a and small also percentage. Will. Only a small percentage. It's not all of Islam. And we have to be very careful that we don't become fucking bigots mm. and, and not, allow people to, not, not allow people to profess and, and follow their faith mm. but when they want to cut your head off or my head off yeah. because I don't or I'm questioning or I'm writing a cartoon or making a cartoon of Muhammad which in this day and age sorry guys you have to get over that have, we've got piss Christ we've got the crucifix in a bowl of urine that some artist thought was kind of cool I find it pretty insulting we're not going to go kill the artist he's a bit of a mm. thing so can I have to say this sorry, in fairness yeah. to myself and, and, and you know I'm not trying to qualify things but maybe I am I hate religion all religion and islam is up there mm-hmm. so essentially i do in fact hate islam i do not hate muslims and i can honestly with integrity say that next week or the following week be guaranteed in the next four to six weeks there'll be some protest or some march against the yellow vest pricks and against islamophobia and i will be out there with my muslim friends mm-hmm. and yeah. I, can, I can honestly say yeah. i will be that so people may not like what i'm saying on this podcast and it may cause offense and that's okay I'm, it's not that no nobody be mean to me if people want to be mean to me that's fine but I can honestly look myself in the mirror and say, 
I will be out there defending them. I will be, and I have been downstairs. Like yeah. a lot of that was, yeah. it was about, it was about. Sorry, downstairs we had some, we have an equally racist tiny element of Ireland that seems yeah. to think that Irish should be for the Irish. This is where it becomes difficult for me because I don't yeah. want to be backing up their point. And yeah. I have gone down there on my own yeah. and my little dressy and I've flown the trans flag roared back at the Gemma O'Doherty's and yeah. I've had her up in my face saying I'm not your enemy fucking bitch yeah. so I have gone down there to stand up for the Muslim people I see walking past far there with mm. their kids in their hands mm. and that's what they're seeing and I do believe in that and that's not virtue, virtue signaling but we kind of come full circle because we come back to comedy and what you should be allowed to say the truth is I don't like what you believe in it's none of my business but I don't like it I honestly don't but I will defend your right to believe in that and yeah. to pray without persecution but I don't like it. And maybe to finish, I think what we need is, the thing I was saying is like a reboot. I think we had Judaism, which got rebooted to Christianity, which a thousand years ago, and clearly out of its mind in terms of its relevance to today's times, we had Islam. And maybe the solution is that we somehow get to a point where we create a third reboot of religion as we know it, given the scientific knowledge and what we know about the world. And that does not mean the world goes mad. And that does not mean we all begin killing each other and raping each other and stealing from each other. That means we create a new code of conduct mm. for humankind, one of which would be protecting the planet. Because there's a huge part of religion that says, don't worry, God will protect the yeah. planet. It's our planet. We told us we could fuck with it. Yeah, no, magic get better. How do we combat uh, homelessness, to go, to go full circle, mm. how do we combat women's issues? How do we combat growing inequality? And how do we make ourselves kinder mm. as a species? So that we, as Bill Hicks would say, so that we might feed the poor, that we might explore space, both inner and outer, mm. together, yeah. forever. But I don't need a reward. I want to be a decent person. I would like to lead the world a little bit better than I found it. Mm. I don't want to be a fucking dickhead. Not be mm. just my kids, because that's a legacy thing. I don't want to be an asshole. I don't need a reward of heaven or hell. I, 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 that's insulting. I just want to leave it a bit better. And the whole religion thing, morality aside, bollocks to that. Basically, it's just this great big excuse where we don't have to do anything to help because God's going to take care yeah. of it. We've been giving a few tips on Netflix. This show, Hail Satan, is one uh, that we would both highly recommend. I think it's on Netflix. It and, is on Netflix. Uh, definitely worth a look. It's not as scary as you think. It's not the real Satan. It. Um, we've just finished our Moet. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Starting on the 14th of January will come the first episode of 2020. It'll be the Don's Top 20 Countdown begins. We will have a little bit of a preamble between the two of us. Is there anything else we need to say before we wrap this? God bless. God bless everybody <laughs> and may you have a peaceful new year filled with kindness and a lack of hypocrisy. <laughs> And lack of hypocrisy. Thank you to everybody who has, um, and I really mean this, who has supported the show over the last three years or two years since we've had the Patreon. Um, it has been a great ride. I'm not saying it's over. I'm saying we're going to just throttle back for a bit. I think we've reached the peak podcast a little bit, and I'm just going to sit back and see what happens for a bit. I still have little uh, new shows here and there. Uh, wishing all of you a a great new year and it's going to be a big one we have an American election that's going to define humanity in my view anything else you want to say before you go uh, I will quote my daughter from 2014 when she was a tiny nipper happy two years 
Happy Tourists. Happy